0: Hey yo. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. I'd actually like to take this opportunity to wish...
1: Greg DeMarco Show.
0: Best in all its future endeavors. <laughs>
1: So I am here. My name's Greg DeMarco, by the way. This is the Babyface Heel Podcast, and it's just me. Now, normally, when you listen to the Babyface Heel Podcast, of course, it's myself, Patrick O'Dowd, and Miranda Morales. And the reason why I'm doing this today, is it's a bit of a crazy week for me this week, as, as our normal recording day is Tuesday, also happens to be my wife's birthday. And, and when you do something, as I do, running chairshot.com, promoting events under IZW Wrestling, going to, uh, you know, when you, when you factor in getting there early, doing extra work and everything close to 10 hours of, of time a week at the CrossFit facility, it's, you gotta focus on what you got to focus on sometimes. And so I've got to make sure that I carve out something as special as the wife's birthday. So if you're listening and you have someone like that, make sure you carve out some time and make it special. Even if they tell you, you don't have to, you have to, and you should, and but what I don't want to do is leave everybody hanging. out. last week had a bit of an emergency day. Last Tuesday, it was needed in some areas, and so we didn't record. Was able to put a few things out and, and got most content out. And my goal this week is that all of our content points are hit uh, with brand new content. So that's what we're looking at for this week on the Chairshot Radio Network. Follow that at Chairshot Media. Follow me at Chairshot Greg. By the way. So what I'm doing for you is putting together this edition of the Babyface facial Podcast because there's a lot of shit to talk about and I have a lot of things to say. And, and you know, selfishly, I guess, I feel as though the things I have to say are meaningful and you as a fan can get something from those things. So I am sitting outside, not in the air conditioning, trying to give you the best audio experience possible. I'm under a, uh, an overhang, so I'm in the, in the shade. It's over 100 degrees, but I actually like the heat, believe it or not, so I'm out here. Doing the heat thing and doing it for you. You may hear me take little breaks. I have a drink here. I want to stay hydrated. So I am, uh, per, you know, enjoying my drink as well. Sometimes I'll pause the recording for that. Sometimes I won't. It's real, right? And I want you guys to have a real and fun experience. So I've got three different topics that we're going to talk about here today. We're going to talk about the Eddie Kingston promo that ended Dynamite on Saturday night. Now I'm recording this portion on Sunday. So it is pretty pretty salient. It's noon on Sunday for me, so it's been just over 12 hours since that took place. I am going to talk about the releases from WWE this week, but more from the Nick Khan perspective. And lastly, I'm going to talk about Edge walking his way back into WWE SmackDown and getting a world title shot and how some people feel about that. So really... As we often do on programs that are led by Greg DeMarco, we're going to talk about the reactions and, and the way that people have reacted. And maybe, you know, we, it's funny, we, we preview pay-per-views and we say who should win, who will win. I kind of reverse that a little bit when I talk about reactions to things that happen to, to how did people react and how should people react, so... It's going to be a little bit of that here today that I want to talk about. So we're going to kick things off. We're going to dive right in and talk a little bit about the Eddie Kingston promo that ended Dynamite. Now, for starters, the the beginning of of this promo happened at the end of, of Dynamite, right? Kenny Omega retaining his championship against Jungle Boy. And everybody had the opportunity to go nuts from there. There was some Matt Hardy involvement. There was some Young Bucks involvement. And and lots more people got involved because there's a tag title match coming up this Wednesday on Dynamite. But then Eddie Kingston cut a promo that was basically putting over AEW and bagging on WWE. And, of course, the internet gets set ablaze for that, especially wrestling Twitter. Uh, There's criticisms of it, and I get those criticisms of it. And there's supporters of it, and I get those supporters of it. But there's a few things I need you to keep in mind. Number one, Eddie Kingston works for AEW. And Eddie Kingston has been scratching and clawing his way for years upon years upon years to get a contract with a big-time organization. Now, he had that with Impact Wrestling and TNA. But that's not what he has in AEW. I I would assume he's making more in AEW than he's ever made in his life. I hope he's making more in AEW than he's ever made in his life. It's interesting that we're getting Eddie Kingston and Penta versus the Young Bucks when we just recently had Eddie Kingston and John Moxley versus the Young Bucks, and you would think that Kingston and Moxley have a better chance than Kingston and Penta, but who knows? From a strategic standpoint, Penta's more like the Bucks. Maybe maybe that gives them the advantage. I don't know. It doesn't really matter, right? It's not really a sport, even if they try to present it as one, especially in AEW. But in that promo, he runs down WWE, and of course he props up AEW, and he says, we want to hear the fans, and he talks about how the competition doesn't want to hear the fans. That's problem number one. WWE does want to hear from fans. They survey fans. They talk to fans. They focus group things. Unlike Cody Rhodes, who claims things are focus grouped and workshopped, they actually focus group and workshop things in WWE. Maybe too much, but they do it. And so to say they don't do it is is it's either um, arrogant, not arrogant, I'm sorry, ignorant, or it's a lie. So it's either ignorant or arrogant, right? It's either ignorant and he doesn't know, or it's arrogant and it's a lie. I have a feeling it's arrogant, it's a lie. And it's just him trying to prop up AEW. And again, that's who signs his paycheck. And it's a promo in professional wrestling. What does that mean? Whenever you hear the phrase, it's such and such in professional wrestling, it is a work. Okay? This promo was a work. This promo was delivered for the fans that are paying to see an AEW event. They're not paying to see somebody prop up WWE. They're paying to see somebody run down WWE. That's their target audience. That's who they love. And that's why he cut that level of promo against, you know, anti-WWE, pro-AEW. But there's So that doesn't bother me at all, okay? He's doing his job, all right? But then there's something that he did that I think some people are going to see and I think some people are going to be upset by and it's probably a major miscalculation on the part of Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston, remember, I'm in a place where I'm um, sitting outside and so you might hear cars and things like that happen, as multiple people have since parked and are doing things around me. But, hey, that's on them. Eddie Kingston said in his promo that uh, you will not see heart in the competition's locker room that you see in AEW. That's a miscalculation, Eddie Kingston's part, because you've got to separate the company from the talent, right? The company, WWE, is one thing. What they do on a corporate level, where they're at, the releases, everything. We're going to talk about those on this program. But the talent who's there does not deserve the shit-talking that Eddie Kingston gave. It's one little comment, yes, but to say they don't have any heart, that's basically what he said. He said they don't have any heart or they don't have as much heart as what you see in AEW. That's a knock on that talent. That's a knock on people you know, Eddie, people you've worked with, people who you will work with again at some point in your career. Whether it's in AEW, WWE, on the indies, who knows where, right? Again, major miscalculation on the part of Eddie Kingston, in my opinion. And, and if anything, you know, he won't clarify that. He won't take it back. And he doesn't have to. He's Eddie Kingston. He he said what he said. He meant what he said, probably. Or he was just speaking and, and got carried away. I don't really know. What I do know is that. Eddie Kingston um, cutting out a promo, <laughs> probably not the best decision at the end there to talk about heart, but it was a comment at the end. And like he said, his job was to send those fans home happy, but instead he spoke from the heart. And really, he did both, right? He knows the audience he's talking to, and he definitely sent them home happy. My only issue, like I said, is the heart comment. Anybody who steps foot in a wrestling ring, anybody who goes in that locker room, if they don't have the heart they need to have to be there, they won't be there very long. This business has a way of weeding people out that don't belong. Now, it lets people in that don't belong. That is 100% the problem, but it also weeds people out that don't belong. It's kind of the opposite of my uh, fraternity that I was in in college. Okay, I'll give you a little bit of inside information that maybe I shouldn't give you, but whatever. We had a process where you went through, wasn't a pledge period. Um, that was uh, not outlawed, but not a great idea at that time period, of course in the late 90s when we were doing this, but we had a a process where we determined if somebody was the right fit for the organization. And our process was very strong. It was very stringent. And it accomplished two things. One was a positive accomplishment. One was a negative. It let the right people in. Okay. But sometimes it kept the right people out. It accomplished three things. It let the right people in. It kept the wrong people out. But sometimes it kept the right people out too. Because one person might have a, you know, might, might get on their, their, their grill about something. Something, one person might get upset about one thing somebody said and, and not allow somebody to be human the wrestling business is kind of the opposite, right? It's too fucking easy to get in these days and anybody can get in and eventually they get weeded out and then they've complained about it on social media and the fans they were able to amass will, will, will support them. Okay. I can't wait for the day AEW releases Joey Janela and you guys on the internet collectively lose your shit over this backyarder who doesn't belong in the business. Um, at least not at the level of an AEW. But to me, what Eddie Kingston said about the heart That was a miscalculation on his part. Something he should not have said. And something that he'll probably hear about privately from some people. He might even apologize individually to some people. But to say that people in that locker room don't have heart. You want to tell me the Usos don't have heart? You want to tell me a guy like Chad Gable doesn't have heart? You want to tell me someone like Matt Hardy's brother, Jeff Hardy, who's in the WWE locker room, doesn't have heart? AJ Styles doesn't have heart? Drew McIntyre and all the things he's had to fight through. uh, And Eddie Kingston's been on cards with him that those guys don't have heart. That was a generalization that was, just like I said, probably done in the moment, probably spurred in the moment, and was a major miscalculation. But by and large, on the whole, Eddie Kingston was speaking to an audience that he knew who that audience was. And and rule number one of speaking in any public forum, whether it's like stand-up comedy that I used to do, whether it's a kind of presentation or whatever, you've got to know your audience. Eddie Kingston knew his audience through and through, he gave a presentation for that audience. And I would say I'd give him a, a 90% out of 100 in doing that. The only thing he did wrong was that comment about uh, the heart of the fans. The legends comments, I think, were a little off base saying that WWE doesn't, you know, treat their legends with respect. I think they do. I think the problem is uh, sometimes those legends put themselves on a certain pedestal. I'm going to talk about Christian later in this program and some of the reaction to what he's been doing versus what Edge has been doing in WWE and how laughable your guys' reaction to that has been. By and large, you, a specific listener, might not feel that way, and and, and I'm, maybe I'm not talking to you, but um, you'll see that reaction here soon. But before we do that, I'm going to go to commercial. Before I do that, I want to remind you, I'm not as good at this as some other people, but take your ass on over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot, and here's why. Wrestling websites don't grow on trees. It might seem like they do okay based on what you see but a good wrestling website a beautiful wrestling website one that's that's self-hosted like ours Those, those things aren't free right those things have to be put together and coordinated a certain way our radio network has to be coordinated and put together a certain way that's why when you hear things like commercials and you listen to them and you keep listening to the program that supports us more than you would ever know Another good way to support us is to head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot. This comes out on Wednesday. We're headed into the 4th of July. I wouldn't be surprised if there is a sale that you can take advantage of. And even though I don't know the promo code right now, if you go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot, a window pops up if there's an active sale and tells you what that promo code is so you can take advantage of it. Some new designs we're working on. I hope to have some of those up this week when that next sale rolls around so you can take advantage of it. But we've got lots of great chair shot designs. You always use your head shirts, the chair shot logo shirts. You know my favorite combination is is the black on army green. Such a great look for a shirt. I wear it all the time on Instagram, which you can see at chair shot, Greg. We've got shirts for the podcast, shirts for the personalities, funny shirts, so many more that you can take advantage of at ProWrestingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. And... Those sales do two things. They give you a cool-ass shirt that you can wear and not feel stupid in. Sometimes a good conversation starter. Maybe it's the hashtag journalism shirt or the Jesus Did the Job shirt. And on the flip side, you help support your favorite wrestling website, thechairshot.com. Remember, it's not just a website. It's a movement, and you can support that movement and get something for yourself by going to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot. Again, that's prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot.
0: Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey, folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry
1: Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Part two. Welcome back from commercial. So it's interesting. It might sound a little different now. As I'm sitting in my house, I'm actually sitting in in, in the master bedroom, which is where I, I live, obviously, um, or sleep and work. And so I'm back in the corner. So if it echoes a little bit, that's why. Not in the car, not outside. Don't have the windows open. Might even move around a little bit. But uh, it's Wednesday. And so obviously the first part of this was done on Sunday. So it been a crazy few days. Here we are recording this on Wednesday. And this should now come out on Thursday in the position that you would normally find the hashtag Miranda show, which will return next week in our normal spot on Wednesday if you haven't listened go back and listen to a very special uh, cross-promotional presentation of the the masked or Matt's Masks and Mayhem which is a great show put out by Lucha Central and they interviewed Marty Casaus aka Marty the Moth from Lucha Underground fame of course recently appeared Uh, did some shots for AEW so check that out as well Today's topic that I want to talk to you about, or this topic, I should say, topic number two on the program, is still the same topic I'd planned. No no changes in the topics that I planned. But it's last week's pivotal, somewhat mind-blowing WWE releases. Now, some big-name talent on the NXT side of the game was released um, especially Fandango and Tyler Breeze, Breezango, they were released. Killian Dane was one that you all know was released. A ton of talent from 205 Live. Both Bollywood boys were released. Tony Nese, Arya Davari, even some newer talent like in August Grey was released. It's very surprising to a lot of people. And the perspective that I'm going to give you on this is a little bit uh, twofold. And hopefully it will help you out with what you are listening to and kind of as you move forward. With these, because this is not anything that's going to be remembered um, for a short period of time. He's going to be remembered for a really, really, really long time, including some of the talent that no longer works there in the WWE. And uh, the E, so to speak. But the one I want to talk to you about first is Tyler Breeze. Now, a lot of people are going nuts over the fact that Tyler Breeze was released and, and Breezango was released. A, what were they doing? What have they really accomplished? How have they changed or evolved and, and, you know, outside of being a novelty act? And B, Tyler Breeze himself said it best. He got to work there for 11 years in and, and, and a business that he didn't know if he was going to make it in. And that's why he's not even sure if he's going to continue wrestling after all this. He was a Canadian indie wrestler um, who may have won like one match he was primarily losing on undercards in Canada when he got signed. So, so that'll show you too. You never know who's going to get signed and be a big star, right? In WWE, if you go back, it was on the network at the time when I watched it. I'm assuming it's still on Peacock uh, we have to find it. But Breaking Ground is one of the best shows that they've put out. Just a phenomenal series, maybe six of them, of shows. That was before um, we, we did the new draft and moved a lot of the agents and everybody up from NXT. So you definitely get to see a different, different bit of, of information there watching Breaking Ground. But it's a hell of a show. And one of the people they focused on... In one of those episodes was Tyler Breeze. Now, when he brought in, he he was working under the name of Mike Dalton on, on the Independence, came in, and he really struggled to find character, to find a way to get himself on, on television, on NXT television at that time. And it wasn't until the Tyler Breeze gimmick came along that he really had anything he could sink his teeth into. And what's interesting about that is that he probably would have been gone a long, long time ago if not for the Tyler Breeze gimmick. Not his talent, not his abilities. Not what he could do, but the gimmick itself is what got him over. See, the, when you get over, then your talent and your abilities can shine. Most of the time, because everybody's so talented, everybody's so crisp, everybody's so fluid, everybody's so good, talent alone won't get you over. You need something that people can sink their teeth into. Look at Cesaro, who's one of my personal favorite wrestlers right now. Ability-wise, can be a world champion, but connectivity-wise, is a step below that. And the feud of Seth Rollins has definitely, is definitely getting him there. And they're bringing out and they're, they're accentuating his strengths and minimizing his weaknesses. As, as Paul Heyman would say, he did an ECW with a lot of talent. And for Tyler Breeze, that gimmick brought it all out of him. He definitely moved up to the quote-unquote main roster too soon. and And that was a problem. And, and for him, and, and definitely floundered a little bit because he moved up before a lot of those moves were happening. Because in NXT, he was probably in a position to, to be an NXT champion at some point before he was moved up. Now, they didn't have the North American Championship back then to where he could grab a hold of that and be that level of star. But he came out and he made those comments. He'd been there for 11 years and he doesn't, doesn't even know if he's going to wrestle again. And had he not formed a tag team with Fandango, who knows if he would have even made it to 11 years. So everyone else is freaking out, and he feels lucky that he made it as long as he did. And that's why I want to give you that that little bit of perspective, and hopefully you can keep that in your back pocket. But here's the big thing that I want to talk about with these releases. And that's the name Nick Khan. Nick Khan has become a controversial name in the IWC circles, the wrestling fan circles, for quite some time now. Not quite some time, but since he's, I would say, quite some percentage of his tenure in WWE. He hasn't been there very long, but he sure as hell has made a lot of waves It has been reported that he is the one responsible for these releases. And it's basically, it's been said that he's the one who um, take the heat for the releases, take the blame for the releases, that sort of thing. And that he personally made those decisions. And that's where I got to stop you if you're saying that. Okay, first of all, Nick Khan doesn't know who Tony Nese is. Nick Khan doesn't know who Killian Dane is. Arya Devari doesn't know these individuals. Doesn't know their abilities, doesn't know their skills. Nick Khan was hired by WWE. During the pandemic, and probably has not been to the performance center, may not have even been to the Thunderdome at, at any point in person to see what they're doing. That's not his job. His job isn't to evaluate the production. His job isn't even to evaluate the product. He's the money guy, right? He's to make sure that they're profitable, make sure they're positioned for whatever they want to do. If it's a sale, if it's another IPO or another public offering, who knows? But that is his job to make sure that all of those things are in order. If you are... Uh, a talent, you don't know Nick Khan. And he doesn't know you. So to say that Nick Khan made those releases on his own, that's just, that's just bonkers, right? That's something that I don't believe. That's something that I don't think you believe. And, and if you really think about it, you just didn't believe it because it's been told to you on the internet. Here's what I do think happened. Some really hard decisions had to be made. And people had to be released to save the money that they want to save. And remember, this is a want, probably not a need for WWE. And if you look at the releases that took place a few weeks ago, God, Braun Strowman was released a year after being WWE champion or universal champion. That's crazy, right? And nu- Usually you don't see that type of release happen that quickly. But it happened with Braun Strowman. Years ago, I worked for a company, and I was laid off twice from the same company because I was brought back weeks later. But I was laid off at a company where I had a great role. Okay, I was a director. All right, to give you an example of where that was in sort of the chain, right, the the hierarchy, I reported to a regional vice president, who reported to a division president, who reported to a CEO. So that's you know wasn't that many steps away. There was probably thirty people in the organization who had the job I had nationwide person who I reported to, there was like six of those. Person she reported to, there was three of those. Person they reported to, there was one of those. So it wasn't like I was on my way up. Like it's real hard to go above the director level position in in that role because that's sort of where a lot of people peak. And I was lucky to get in that role. And I was very thankful to be in that role for the, the time period that I was. But the reason why I bring that up is because when I got laid off, they did wide sweeping layoffs. They laid off at Every level they laid off from executive leadership on down. Okay, the person I reported to, the regional vice president, there were three of them after the layoffs. There were two. Okay, they literally were getting rid of people at all levels now, where um, there were six of them, and then the three that they were so, so that went down to three, I think, and then the level of them went down to, but either way executives were getting laid off just like entry-level employees were getting laid off and all layers in between managers who reported to me got laid off other managers who reported to me didn't get laid off and suddenly had a new boss a lot of things changed when the organization went through those layoffs i look at the wwe releases and that's what i'm seeing they're not just releasing at the lowest level they're releasing at all levels Technically, if you think about it, that's kind of more fair, but also from a financial perspective, you're going to get a bigger gain and releases like this are definitely financial. That's where I think a Nick Khan comes in. Nick Khan, quote unquote, taking the heat for the releases allows them to make the tough decisions and it doesn't have to come back on a Triple H. It doesn't have to come back on a Bruce Pritchard or even a Vince McMahon at that point. Nick Khan, who is largely behind the scenes, has never been on television, doesn't do these wide, you know, spread public interviews. He's, he's, he's the scapegoat for that, right? Blame me. Blame me. Because at the end of the day, when the company achieves whatever financial goal they want to achieve, whether it's a public offering, whether it's a sale, who knows? That's his glory. That's his credit. That's his moment on television. But he's just the scapegoat for that. He's not there making – he didn't sit down and say Arya Davari needs to get cut. He didn't know who Arya Davari was. He probably still doesn't know who Arya Davari was except for maybe seeing his name. Those leaders in those places had to make those decisions on who to cut. Now, he may have said, okay, you need to cut top-level guys, mid-level stars, bottom-level stars. And then a Triple H had to come back from NXT and say, okay, we'll do this person, this person, this person, these people, that sort of thing. And the same thing happened. You know, Bruce Prichard probably had to look and be like, okay, you want me to give a top guy? Who are we going to get rid of? It's going to be Braun Strowman. You know, and that, that's how that decision was made. So, It's very interesting to think about how these things could have happened, but I want to give you the perspective that Nick Khan did not sit down and make a list of all these people to release, and then that went out. He was the point man for it. He was the one who said we got to release people. He probably even indicated the levels they had to come from, but he's just a scapegoat when those comments are being made. Yeah, it was probably his directive to do it. But he didn't pick the talent to get released. There's just no way that that is, that is humanly possible. So check out those comments by Tyler Breeze. Check yourself on the comments about Nick Khan. Realize what his job is and what his job is to do. And I think you'll have a good perspective when you're talking about this with your friends. And maybe correct some of that crazy narrative that you see online. We're going to jump to another commercial here on the Babyface Hill podcast. Part of the Chairshot Radio Network and Chairshot.com. When we come back... We're going to talk about this notion of Edge waltzing his way back into SmackDown, right into a title shot where his, his storyline brother, Christian, is fighting and scratching and clawing in the lower mid card in AEW.
0: This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShop.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore. Everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out. TheChairShop.com.
1: Welcome back. Part three. I am now back in the car as we go this journey throughout my life here. Uh, Part one in the car parked. Part two at home. And then part three in the car, but moving. And... This is uh, Wednesday night as I'm recording this, so started on Sunday, now here we are on Wednesday. Like I said, I am mobile, so you might hear some of those noises in the background. This is kicking it back to the driving with DeMarco days. You did just come out of a commercial break, so thank you for listening to that. We always appreciate your support. That helps us keep doing what we do here at the Chairshot Radio Network. Of course, this is the Babyface Eel Podcast. Good discussion of those first two points. Uh, obviously, just talked to you about, a little bit about Nick Khan and his role in all those releases. And of course, Eddie Kingston's promo and how I don't really agree with his, his voice on Hart in, in the, other, the other locker room, the competitor's locker room, as he likes to call it. So, that's where we stand. Part 3, I want to talk to you about Edge. And Edge showed up last week on Friday Night SmackDown and basically waltzed his way back into the main event picture, waltzed his way back into a title shot at Roman Reigns, the current reigning, defending, undisputed Universal Champion, Roman Reigns. Now, to me, this is not problematic. I've seen a lot of people bitch and complain on social media that Edge just shows back up after being gone since WrestleMania and immediately gets a title shot. And the comparison that I saw that was most interesting was the fact that Christian, of course, Edge's storyline brother, is in AEW fighting in the midcard having to scratch, his, scratch and crawl his way up to getting some form of title shot. Now, there's a lot here, and I'm going to try to hit the most important things as we move forward. We're going to start with the fact that Christian's in the mid-card in AEW. Look at what happened when other people have debuted in AEW. Remember when um, Brody Lee came in? First thing he did was earn a title shot and lose to the champion. Brian Cage, earned a title shot, lost to the champion. Lance Archer, Archer, earned a title shot, lost to the champion. Everybody came in, had that main event, championship match, and then lost. And then they kind of floundered a little bit, found their way. I don't even know if some people are still finding their way. Obviously, Brody Lee, uh, sadly, of course, no longer with us, he found his way better than any of the other ones did, and did so thanks to the Dark Order. But uh, Brian Cage, still not sure if he's found his way in AEW. Lance Archer, of course, lost to Cody Rhodes in the finals of the TV title tournament and hasn't really found his way either. So uh, it's really hard to say that these things worked out very well for those individual talents since they made that debut in All Elite Wrestling. So Christian Cage coming in, in the mid-card, having to work his way up, probably better than coming in, getting a title shot because he's a Hall of Fame talent level talent, a former four-time world champion in WWE and TNA, so maybe a two-time world champion, depends on how you view the NWA World Heavyweight Championship at the time that Christian Cage held it. And, of course, now here in uh, AEW, uh, and a place that I think is, is good for him, by the way. AEW, I think, is a good place for Christian Cage to be, considering the goals that he still has for his career. Now we turn to p- the page back to Edge, okay? Edge, of course, won the Royal Rumble, the 2021 Royal Rumble. Had his match with Roman Reigns. It was supposed to be straight-up one-on-one match to main event WrestleMania. Daniel Bryan found his way into that match, making it a triple threat match. I thought it was a fantastic main event to cap off what was a fantastic WrestleMania. Roman Reigns, a Tribal Chief, did exactly what he should have done, and that was win and win in somewhat convincing fashion over both Daniel Bryan and Edge. Of course, he he stacked them up. He knocked them out, stacked them up, pinned them both at the same time. One, two, three. A, A pinfall that I believe should be iconic in WrestleMania history and WrestleMania lore is the pinfall that Roman Reigns scored to close out WrestleMania 37. My opinion, my opinion only, but I believe that's one for the ages if you were to ask me. Now, what does that mean for Edge now? Edge has been gone the whole time. Finally comes back and walks right into the main event scene. Daniel Bryan stuck around, had a little bit more of a feud with Roman Reigns, lost on SmackDown, had to leave the brand for good, and of course is now listed as an alumni in WWE. Probably will come back at some point. I still think he comes back to NXT. Maybe sooner than later, who knows, as, as things get a little bit of a shake up here in the coming weeks. Especially given what happened with Bronson Reed losing the NXT North American Championship on Tuesday night of this week. So last night for me, a couple nights ago for you. But I want to talk about the differences between Edge and Christian. And and you probably know this. I probably shouldn't have to tell you this. Edge absolutely deserves to walk back in and get a world-heavy universal championship match. A world title shot in WWE. First off, he won the Royal Rumble and then never got his one-on-one opportunity At the champion Roman Reigns. Daniel Bryan weaseled his way in, however you want to look at it, and ended up getting that opportunity. Of course, neither man won, and Daniel Bryan has had subsequent opportunities, lost, and is no longer on the brand. Edge is also a former 13 time world champion, or 11 time or something like that, world champion, right? I think it's 11 time. I don't know. He did win the Royal Rumble. He's come back and been in main events pretty much since he's been back in WWE. But look at his credentials. When you're a Hall of Famer, you show up, he's not going to work in the mid-card. He's not going to feud with Apollo Crews on SmackDown or Sami Zayn, as entertaining as that would be. He's going to come back and he's going to be in that mega spot. Because Edge doesn't need this. Edge doesn't need to come back and work in WWE. He wants to come back and work in WWE. Christian kind of make it seem like he needs this, right? He felt like his career wasn't over yet. He felt like he still had more to do. He felt like he could still be a legit player in a wrestling company. And that's not what WWE saw in him, but it is what AEW saw in him. Maybe they saw it in him because WWE didn't. Who knows what their motivation is there? Uh, You know, when when the talent holds the book, who knows what can actually happen. But not always good things, I can tell you that. But looking long-term at what Edge is doing, it makes perfect sense for him to be there. He deserves it. He's earned it, not just in recent, in the recent years that he's been back in WWE, but over his entire career. He has the cachet to be there, and he's a great opponent for Roman Reigns. I don't believe that Edge is going to win the championship from Roman Reigns at Money in the Bank. I believe that Edge is going to be another notch in the belt of Roman Reigns so that he can continue to build his legacy. It's Roman Reigns time now, and Edge is going to be a part of that history forever with Roman Reigns. I also think it can be a hell of a match, and one that I'm excited to see take place on a grand stage. I know it's not SummerSlam. and People thought they should save it for SummerSlam. Money in the Bank is kind of the fifth major in WWE that that holds that fifth spot and I think that having Roman Reigns there with uh, Edge, it it makes sense for Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank is a favorite of so many people and and, and is a big time pay-per-view for the company and I think it makes sense of that match. And remember, this is the first pay-per-view back in front of fans, so to have that take place with Roman Reigns and Edge potentially in the final match of the night, those fans deserve that those that show deserves it and the wrestlers deserve that but here's the big thing that you need to understand here's kind of my major point about this and this is what should drive the whole thing home for you edge comes back and he's in the main event christian shows it in AEW and he's a mid Carter. but here's the thing christian is a mid Carter. edge is a main eventer that's just who they are in the wrestling world, in the wrestling business. And we as fans, especially the internet fans, love Christian so much that we don't want to think of him as a mid carter He has main evented. But remember, Edge is an 11-time world champion who, had he not had to retire, would probably be a 14-time world champion just like Randy Orton. And, and that's the third, you know, that puts him right up there shortly behind John Cena and Ric Flair. And if anybody should break that record, in my opinion, it's Randy Orton. Christian is a four-time world champion who, if not, and one of those was like a day-long reign, who, if not for the retirement of Edge, would probably be a two-time world champion just with that NWA World Heavyweight Championship. So a lot of this really centers around Edge. And Edge is a main eventer and Christian is a mid-carder. And that's just the way it is. Christian is a lifelong mid-carder who occasionally gets a shot at the big time. Right, Christian is is he's below Sheamus in terms of WWE lore and WWE history. And I believe Sheamus is a four-time world champion in WWE, maybe five. I don't know. Christian is basically Cesaro with title runs, is what he is in terms of his career. And if Cesaro showed up in AEW, he'd probably get a shot at the world champion, and then he'd probably be a mid Carter. I mean, the only reason Christian's not working matches every week on Dark is because he's Christian Cage, and he doesn't have to. But that's what he is. He's a mid Carter, and I think that's... He knows that going in. Will he get a world title opportunity at some point? I think he will. Maybe pay-per-view, maybe Dynamite, but he'll get that chance. It it won't draw what they think it should draw because he's not a draw that that many people think he is. But to me, long-term, Christian Cage is exactly where he should be, and that's in the mid-card. And Edge is exactly where he should be, and that's in the main event. Edge will probably wrestle Seth Rollins at SummerSlam, and maybe he'll get a rematch with Roman Reigns. I don't know. But that's where it really puts us. And that's where it really puts things. And I'm okay with that. I'm 100% comfortable with that. And I think the rest of us should be too. So again, Edge main eventer, Christian Cage mid-carder. And that's exactly where they are in their respective promotions at this point in time. That's the way it should be. End of discussion. I won't even entertain any arguments to the contrary. Because it's just a fact. Just the fact of where they are in that pecking order. So that will wrap things up for this crazy edition of the Babyface Hill podcast. Thank you for working through that and allowing me to do this in parts and bring it to you as a solo effort. Next week, we will be back with myself, with Patrick O'Dowd and with Miranda Morales. Uh, She's actually very excited about next week's recording as well as the hashtag Miranda Show. We're going to have some fun and and do some really fun things on both those shows next week. So I'm excited to get back into it with my two best friends, Patrick O'Dowd and Miranda Morales. This is the ChairShot Radio Network at thechairshot.com. Always use your head, follow along at Media on social media follow me at Chairshot greg head on over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the Chairshot. pick up your chair shot t-shirt they will be doing that fourth of july sale i don't know the promo code right now but when you go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash chair shot guess what will pop up a window will pop up that'll give you the code we'll also be sure to try to share it on social media so you have that at your disposal and can take advantage of the sales that they have again it's thursday check out pot is war tonight i believe we got an old classic edition that you are going to love as well as a good three-man weave coming up with the pot is war crew that i'm very excited about take a listen to that of course all the morning editions of chair shot radio we've had some special editions out here lately it is the summertime i want to thank you all as you're listening to this on july 1st i'll spill the beans and maybe steal a little bit of the thunder of one percival charles tunney pc tunney out there but uh, March of 2021 had been our biggest year, our biggest month ever at Chair Shot Radio. And, and I can say it with 100% confidence that June of 2021 has surpassed what we did in March. So thank you all for listening, for sharing, for being a part of that content, uh, for being a part of the movement here that is at chairshot.com. We couldn't do it without all the hard work of everybody who writes, who podcasts, who promotes, but we definitely couldn't do it without the hard work of all of you out there listening, supporting our brand, supporting our product, supporting our content. So be a friend, tell a friend. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of all of this. And we will do it again soon. Uh, Actually, we'll do it again next week. So my name is Greg DeMarco. Thank you for listening. And we will see you next time on the Babyface Heal Podcast. Until then, remember to be unstoppable and to always use your head.
0: on the, the something you never seen before, never seen and I dare a motherfucker to come in my face, I got, I got something wrong, and I got it from home, and, I be. and it ain't a
1: microphone, ain't a mic. and I dare a motherfucker that come in my face, it's so real.